You're listening to the Direct Trade Initiative Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Park, and today we'll be continuing our mini-series, The Art of Shepherding, with Pastor James Kim. Let's go. Continuing on in our uh, mini-series called The Art of Shepherding with Pastor James. And uh, if you don't know anything about Pastor James, refer to our uh, first episode. Um, it gives a little bio. He tells a little bit about himself. The topic that we want to cover is suffering. And it's something that I think everyone goes through because of um, the uh, pollution of sin in our lives. And uh, regardless if it's natural causes that causes us to, to suffer or it's suffering for the sake of Christ and for his name, we all suffer. And to a point, we're called to suffer. Um, so the thing that I want to focus on more is not so much um, how to deal with suffering that we ourselves are suffering with, but um, as pastors and leaders, how can we help others uh, go through suffering? How can we assist them? Can we love them? Just help them through such difficult times. And uh, so the first question that I have for you, Pastor James, is um, what is your experience with suffering? Yeah, what can you tell us about a little bit about uh, what you've been through? Well, as a pastor, you deal with a lot of people who go through different things. And so, of course, my situation is not unique. I'm sure every pastor has had to deal with people who've struggled with something in their family or in their own personal lives, uh, whether it be physical or uh, death in the family or things like that. But personally, in the midst of planting this church, uh, we had a situation where my second daughter, Deborah, was diagnosed with um, a tumor in her brain, which was non-cancerous, but uh, she had uh, surgery to remove it uh, just before we planted the church. And then two years later, uh, she, uh, through complications of that surgery, ended up contracting sepsis, and she died of sepsis in her sleep. And uh, that was right at the beginning of the planting of the church, and so that was a very difficult time for us. Uh, how old were you at the time? Yeah, so 40. Oh, 13 years. Okay. And how old was uh, Debbie? She was 11 at the time. Okay. Um, and uh, how old were your other kids? Melissa was two years older than Deborah. And so um, my youngest son, he was five years younger. So, What do you think was the hardest part of just going through that suffering I mean, I can't even imagine something like that happening. Um, but uh, what was going through your head at the time? Um, what were you feeling? Uh, just just broadly, generally, you know, just so that we can get an insight into what people, other people who are suffering uh, would maybe be thinking through such difficult times such as this. Well, at the time, it was kind of a blur. Things were just going very quickly, and uh, the shock of it was still very uh, prevalent in in my mind for the at least a month afterwards Um, but initially just everything was such a shock and a blur that i i don't really even remember thinking about anything just being numb at the time and i think that uh, is a time that's pretty common in in most people's uh, cases when they suffer at first it's just um, too shocking to fathom and uh, it's just a a time where people endure a little numbness 
it's only later that people begin to process that and or even have the courage to begin the process of of thinking it through and and uh, even allowing yourself to feel some of the emotions there's some things that are very raw in the beginning but for myself I tended to hold on to it and try to um, just get through that first couple of weeks and it wasn't until later that I was able to really begin to feel and allow myself to feel the emotions um, of that situation Wow um, through that experience um, going through it yourself um, seeing the people around you going through it at the same time uh, maybe even the people at your church comforting you um, how do you think that's helped you in being there for other people going through suffering similarly uh, whether it's uh, you know an illness or uh, death um, what has really helped you in uh, being that shepherd for people through times of suffering well just having that common experience of uh, dealing with something that of that magnitude is very helpful uh, I think when you when you go through those types of things when you suffer in that way it, it really brings you uh, to the point where you have to deal with the truth that you are um, not able to control things around you. Uh, I think a lot of times we operate under the the false notion that we have some measure of control in our lives to keep things in order and uh, we tend to sort, sort of get lulled into thinking that that's the way it's going to be and that things will progress normally in your life but that kind of shocking um, suffering when it comes really rocks you to your core and makes you realize that uh, you don't have the control and that uh, life is very fragile and that you have to think beyond just your immediate context and where you are I think that helped me sort of see where other people were. Uh, as a pastor, sometimes when I saw people before, previously to that incident, I, I had a sort of formula. I would visit them in the hospital or I'd come and say some comforting words. I would pray. And it was sort of a, a formula, kind of a routine that, that I would go through. And I found it helpful, but it wasn't until I, I experienced myself that kind of difficulty that I realized that there's um, more time that's required and more patience. I think that's helpful. What are some things that helped you during that time? Um, maybe it's other people or um, your family or or maybe even what has helped your wife, Chiwan, and your kids throughout that time? What was actually, do you remember being uh, a help and a need through that difficult time? Well, like I said, it was, it was kind of a blur for the first month or so, but I just remember people being at the house. I remember people being around and and just doing little things around the house for us. And I don't even remember how the whole service came together, the funeral service came together, but what was helpful is, is um, having the church deal with a lot of... Um, family matters, practical family matters, uh, things around the house. 
course, I had my own family, my parents, my in-laws, relatives around who uh, came and, and spent time with us just to uh, sit with us. But uh, the church as well uh, was helpful. Uh, and also my presbytery came in and stepped in to, to help me deal with things with church. Um, Pastor Benjamin Kim really did a, a tremendous job in organizing the service itself and and getting speakers lined up for me to speak uh, uh, at church when I couldn't be there. And so I think that was very helpful, just people to come around alongside and, and see the things that needed to be taken care of and helped us to sort of have time to just uh, be numb for a while and just have time to rest because it's it's physically very taxing as well. How long do you think it was after it happened um, where you were able to talk to someone about it? You, you, you mentioned how, you know, when it happened um, or for however long you felt kind of numb. And uh, how long after was it when you were able to, well, I'm sure it affects you even now, um, but where you're able to um, talk through it in a way where people were able to, I, I don't know what might have helped you, maybe not at that point, but maybe years later on, anything that helped you in that way. Well, we had an elder at the <clears throat> church at that time who went through a, a great tragedy in his younger years. His father and brother were, were killed um, murdered, and so he uh, took it upon himself to come and uh, take me, and we we drove off to Malibu, and we sat and watched the ocean together, and he would just be there to to help me sort of have an opportunity to talk and share, and and so just sitting there, he would he wouldn't prompt me or anything. We'd just sit there and have lunch together, and just look at the ocean, and then I would begin to talk. And I think that helped me a lot, just beginning to talk about it. But I think being able to talk about it multiple times with uh, various people that I trusted or I felt comfortable around, but the more I talked about it, about my feelings about it, uh, the things that I regretted, all the things concerning it, the more I talked about it, the uh, I, I feel like the more uh, therapeutic it was for me. It was helpful in a good way, in, in a good way helping me to uh, process it. Uh, every time I would share something or talk about something I was feeling, it helped me to sort of come to terms with it a little bit more. And so even though it was painful and it was very difficult at first, and, and it was still difficult, years later to talk about without tearing up or my voice cracking uh, yet talking about it helped me to i think come through it a little bit more um, successfully if i could say successfully but at least in a way that allowed me to to use it um, as a to, for it to strengthen me uh, rather than be something that i held on to and that it would affect me negatively in the future uh, going off of that, the second question is, uh, what are some common mistakes pastors and leaders make in shepherding people who are going through suffering? Um, so um, uh, referring to what you just said, um, is there a time where it's too soon to talk about it or, or um, where someone is maybe a little too aggressive in trying to probe it out of someone who's suffering? Um, and when would be, in, in your opinion, when would be a good time to have that 
time of conversation or, or, or helping and, and talking through it? At first, I think uh, a person going through great struggle, and, and especially in a situation like that, uh, the first thing is just your presence there. It, no prompting, just being there. Um, but I would say not too long afterwards, uh, as a, especially as a minister, it would be good to um, touch base and just ask how they're doing, how they're doing. Not needing to probe any deeper, not asking them very detailed questions, because your mind is not in the point, in the position to begin processing. <clears throat> it's just raw emotion, raw uh, bits of memory and 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 reaction. So there's not going to be any order to a response. I think it's just going to be a time where a person will blurt out little things here and there. And so for a minister to be there just to say, how are you doing? Um, and allow the person to to begin sharing the things that they're comfortable with. But that simple prompt, how you're doing, is, I, I think, enough. Can you think of any other things? Maybe you don't have to mention any names, but uh, uh, maybe that's things that you've seen pastors do or maybe someone has done to you where you didn't find helpful at all. In fact, you find it kind of repelling. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, and I know these these uh, people were well-meaning. Mm -hmm. um, there are, were a few um, pastors um, uh, basically said, um, you're a pastor, you need to get over this, you need to move forward. Uh, you know that God is uh, sovereign, you know that there's a heaven, you'll see her again. And, and uh, I know that they were trying to be helpful and and maybe even they felt a little uncomfortable themselves, but I felt a little pushed to uh, come to a a place where I was at peace too early. Hmm. Uh, they basically asked, basically told me to accept it quickly and hmm. get on get on with things and move forward. And I just felt I wasn't ready to do that right away, and I felt pushed and uh, resentful at first. But just my personality, I wasn't, um, I didn't lash out at them or respond negatively i just took it in but it was unhelpful at the time i think for them to really push me to uh, try to get past it i needed time to to just let it um, dwell and mar marinate for a while uh, but i did need opportunity to share uh, what i was feeling and what i was thinking and um, some of the thoughts that i had about it uh, to push me to go too far, uh, to go beyond it too quickly was uh, very unhelpful, I think. Um, this is relating to that. I, I think as pastors, we tend to be um, over-spiritual. I don't know if that makes any sense, but especially in times of uh, suffering, we tend to, um, you know, give Bible verses here and there, uh, try, trying to reassure someone. Is, that, is, that, is something like that helpful for people at the time, or is it just, hey, just just let me process this, and then you can talk to me about it? I guess it would depend on the person, but... Right. I, I, yeah, I think just uh, Bible passages and things like that um, have a place. I remember that month afterwards, we, we ended up going back to church. We took a month off um, just to sort of uh, rest, but we went back to church just as... A, attendant attending and hearing sermons uh, w was comforting and helpful so i think that was helpful but 
in terms of a personal visit and someone um, quoting scriptures and, and things like that, it was just um, not a helpful thing. But I did find helpful when books were were uh, um, offered to me or suggested, uh, and I could go to them later when I was ready. But um, I was just not ready at first to to listen to too much. It was just too much at the time. Hmm. Um, I think one thing people always have in their minds when they're coming face to face with someone who's suffering is uh, the issue of space, like how much space to give them. Or um, you've you've kind of mentioned this throughout the time, but um, in terms of uh, say say a church member uh, goes through something tragic and doesn't go doesn't come out the Sunday service for months hmm. uh, or maybe just weeks in the beginning. Um, when when would it be time to reach out to them and kind of uh, I, I guess in the beginning is to take it slow, just say, hey, hi, how are you doing? Um, but when do you think it's appropriate to maybe uh, as as their pastor, as their shepherd, to kind of pull them a little bit to come back to church or, or come back to join the, the family, the ministry? Uh, yeah, there is a, a time where you need to give them to um, just recover a bit, but not too long. I would say that if I wasn't given an opportunity to meet with people and have them just sit with me and, and just ask me how I was, I could see myself uh, sort of devolving into just sort of a, a state of depression and overly self-reflective. I needed people to um, ask me how I was doing and, and come and, and talk to me and just not push me or... or get me to think a certain way, but just to, just to ask how I was doing regularly. I think that was helpful in keeping me engaged because I, I felt that if, if I didn't have contact with people or uh, no one made an effort to, to just check on me, I, I might have just, just started to fall off the, the map a little bit. Uh, but we ended up going to, to church less than a month later and, and just worship and attend worship and uh, just to have people around us. And so I think that's helpful. So if, if the person doesn't feel like coming to church, I would think as a pastor, you would just at least go to their house with an elder or some women in the church and just uh, ask them how they were doing, bring some things over, and just just keep in contact. Um, the next question is uh, practical steps. What are some practical steps that we can take into helping uh, people suffering, uh, families? Um and uh, that might be, I mean, I think you've sprinkled practical things all throughout so far. Um, I guess we can take it this way. What are some practical things that we can encourage our congregation members to do in order to support that family? Uh, I know I've been involved in kind of like a food a preparation chain uh, where someone was signed up to prepare them food uh, throughout the week. Um, things like that. Is that helpful for people going through difficult times? Uh, I, th I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful. Um, for us, we had so much family around. Food was not an issue. Uh, we had relatives bringing food all the time, but also church members, which was, which was helpful. So we were, we were blessed by that. Um, but that wasn't such a pressing need. Um, I think just being there and, uh, keeping tabs on us and pr the prayer was very helpful. Uh, we are not people, um, at least our family was not um, the type that would 
fall apart hmm. to the point where we we really needed uh, that much help. Hmm. In fact, uh, too much made us a little uncomfortable. Hmm. Uh, you felt we we had to host people if they came up hmm. and and were trying to do things for us too much. It put more stress on us to to keep the house cleaner or hmm. to to host them and and things like that. But if it was simple, it was helpful. That's that is very helpful. Um, the last question is for those who are suffering now, going through some kind of difficulty in their lives, whether big or small. Uh, what are some things that they're possibly feeling? I, I again, you kind of mixed uh, all this into, but um, what are some things that they're probably feeling right now? I think uh, for myself, it began with that numbness, and then it it turned into uh, a sort of blaming of myself. I, I immediately felt guilty, and felt that I was to, partly to blame, at least. In my mind, I, I, of course, theologically interpreted what was going on, and I had all the answers in my head. Um, I knew what I was supposed to think according to scriptures, uh, God's sovereignty, his plan, and and his faithfulness, his own suffering, um, and uh, all these things were, were dancing around my head. But at the time, I, I was blaming myself, and I continued to blame myself for, for a long time. And it was just a, a process of having to apply the gospel to myself bit by bit, hearing messages, reading books that, that helped me to do that. But you know, practically working it out, it takes takes some time. Uh, even in my own ministry, I, I came back to the ministry very quickly, which I don't recommend at all. <laughs> uh, coming back to the ministry quickly, I was able to sort of mask the pain by becoming busy again and not dealing with those um, fearful uh, feelings for a while until two years later we hired an assistant pastor to help me out and then I began to have time to think and that's when it started to gush out and I couldn't help it. It was becoming very clear that uh, it was something that I'd been hiding for a while just by being busy and just having time to reflect and think about it opened the floodgates and, and uh, began to rock my confidence level, my thought processes. I began to doubt myself a great deal and, and wrestle with it. Uh, and I think the reverberations are felt today, even to, in my uh, current situation. I, I still feel the effects of it. And so I think people go through times where they try to cover it uh, by activity or just deny it. And it comes later that you feel uh, there's no way to avoid it. And Emotions rush out, uh, but initial guilt and then later coming to terms with it is 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 something that I at least at least went through. Um, I'm sure that you know strong Christians who people who would consider themselves strong Christians when they uh, go through a suffering like this, um, I wouldn't be surprised and. Um, I would not blame them for this, but I'm sure they would feel doubt um, of their salvation, even saying, hey, if I was truly a strong Christian and something like this happened to me and my faith feels like it's crumbling, I feel like maybe I wasn't a Christian after all, or, or something along those lines. 
uh, where they really start doubting their faith, um, how can you encourage someone, as someone who's been there, uh, to stand firm and to continue on and kind of reassure them in that way? I don't know if I have a, a tip or something that I can share that would help. Uh, I believe firmly that it was uh, the Holy Spirit that kept me engaged in the things that I learned previously. And I think I just was convinced more and more as time went on of God's faithfulness and that I could trust Him, although I did wrestle with it. I I have to admit that I did. I was very angry at God, and then I was very angry at myself. More angry at myself later and for longer. But because my my theological training, uh, my faith, the reading of Scripture previously, I, I, I knew what was true and what was not true. And I knew I was going to begin doubting, but um, it, didn't, it never went too far. So I praise God for that, that He did that. And I think everyone is probably going to experience it in a different way, at a different timing. But my comfort is that the, the Holy Spirit was... God the Holy Spirit was there uh, keeping me secure and uh, encouraging me uh, but that didn't mean that I didn't struggle and I, I didn't wrestle with it but I never went too far because of that previous understanding I know I keep saying last question but uh, <laughs> so at that time what are some things that you thought that you didn't need but looking back or, or maybe even at that time when you finally received this or, or got help, that you, you felt like, yes, I actually did need that in that time. You mentioned just personal contact with people, um, talking with people and such. Um, yeah, anything to add on that? Yeah, I felt like I wanted to be alone and I didn't want to talk to people. And naturally, for me, I'm, I'm more of a uh, by-myself person. I tend to rely on myself in a lot of ways and... Uh, I don't mind being alone and things to be quiet. I like to just spend time by myself to recover. And um, But now that I reflect back, I, I realize how important it was for me to be in contact with people and that people would be there to ask me how I was doing and that I would have an opportunity to share with them. I, I didn't feel pushed, but just people being around me helped me. Uh, to have an opportunity and sometimes it took some courage before I was able to share with them but them being around me was so helpful uh, that allowed me a chance to share and I think being able to talk about it again and again and again helped me to become more at peace with it hmm. so I think that's what's, what was helpful and I didn't realize it I, I probably at the time felt a little bothered now that I, real, I think about it, I realize that having people there and and having an opportunity to continue to talk about it was really helpful for me. All right, this is the last question. Do you think you can uh, just explain quickly why God allows us to suffer? And in my mind, the way that, you know, I think I think the reason why, which I'm sure you'd share the same sentiment, is so that we can shine the light of the gospel um, to other people. Even through these difficult times, you know, we were reminded of how good God was. 
um, and uh, you can help other people through that. Of course, I haven't gone, you know, I've been blessed enough not to go through any super tragic things. So it's kind of hollow, empty words from coming out of me. But from you, um, what's what's your take on that? Well, one thing that I immediately said um, afterwards that that was a realization to me was how through this I began to see how real heaven was for myself. <laughs> Before then, it was more of a an idea, a concept, something I look forward to just as an idea or concept. But this made me truly ask the question, do I believe in life after death? Do I think it's a reality? And going through that where my, my our, our daughter died really forced me to come to a conclusion on that. And my conclusion was that heaven was real. Sorry. Oh. No. It was something that I look forward to. Hmm. More intensely. And I think that uh, made me more passionate about preaching the gospel and sharing with others the, the faithfulness of God. I knew it before, but this kind of thing... I guess the first thing is that heaven becomes very, very much a reality and that that's where your heart goes you spend so much time just focusing on on doing things here and and dealing with life here that that uh, heaven becomes this sort of um, ideal but it lacks concreteness and and depth but um, I think through suffering you come to evaluate what what is most foundational in your life. Hmm. And I think the second thing is that it, it this kind of thing, uh, suffering, really causes you uh, to address deficiencies in your faith hmm. that you were blind to before. I realized that for myself, being a pastor, that my life was um, a life of meeting expectations, uh, trying to impress people, trying to be in control and show that I was able to handle things well. But going through that experience really forced me to uh, address a, a a reality about myself that I wasn't ready to do before. I probably wouldn't have. But this was an opportunity for God to address um, that weakness in my faith in a very, very deep way. Um, 
a sin that was just very deep-rooted in me. Hmm. And uh, now I realize it, but at the time, and if you asked me like four or five years ago, I might not even realize it, but now I'm realizing that uh, I learned some great lessons through um, going through that and about myself and uh, about God's goodness and faithfulness too. And I think that was valuable for me, so valuable for me. And I think I'm a stronger Christian because of it. Amen. Um, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for spending the time to share uh, your experience and open up your heart to us. Thanks for listening and join us on the next episode of the Direct Trade Initiative podcast. See ya! Can only grow